Howdy! On today's episode of the Better Living for Texans podcast, we're digging our hands into some soil to learn about gardening. We will be joined by Michelle Scaife, who is our Better Living for Texans agent in Montgomery County, to answer this question, how can I garden on a tight budget? Welcome back. Today we've got a really great episode for you, and I know a lot of us have been spending more time at home lately, and some of us are finally getting around to doing things around the house that we've been putting off for months, maybe even years, because we thought we didn't have enough time. For some of us, gardening falls into that category. Maybe you have a great space in your backyard or even a spot in your patio to plant a couple of vegetables or herbs, and now's a great time to start. So here to talk about taking small steps to start your garden on a budget is Michelle Scaife. All right. Now on the podcast, we have Michelle Scaife, who is the BLT agent in Montgomery County. Michelle, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So just go ahead and start off. Tell us a little bit about yourself and and what you do. So I am a lifelong um, gardener honestly. And I I usually start all of my garden sessions by saying that I have grown up producing food um, as far back as I can remember. Um, So I do teach nutrition. I do teach physical activity, but my favorite programming of all time is helping people to understand where their food comes from and how they can produce it themselves. That's awesome. So today our, you know, our whole conversation is kind of centered around how to garden on a tight budget. What would you say, I guess we'll start with the equipment. What would you say are some really great ways if you want to maybe start gardening or if you have a garden in your backyard and want to, you know, kind of find a way to do it on a budget, what would be some ways to save money on equipment? So the very first thing, and and it's so fascinating that this came today because this has been an all-day, everyday conversation with so many community members right now. Um, So my first and foremost response to everyone is, let's recycle and reuse because it's always surprising what we can use for a container, a raised bed, or a garden spot. So first and foremost, look for something that will hold soil that you can get to drain. I have a lot of wonderful community members who use five-gallon food-grade buckets, molasses barrels. Some use milk crates or plastic storage containers. I, I have some great community members who use plastic water bottles that they've adapted into um, self-watering garden containers or um, canning jars that they're growing herbs and leafy greens in indoors. So think outside the box and look for something that will hold soil and drain well um, that you don't have to do a, a huge investment on. And then remember that your hands are the best tools ever. While it's great to have, you know, trowels and shovels and, and claws, your hands can dig, they can turn, they can mix. Um, they're wonderful. But if you do need um, seeds or supplies, water hoses, um, gardening tools, I usually tell people to, to look for the 99 cent store, look for those dollar stores, because surprisingly, you're going to find really nice gardening tools, seeds, soil containers at the 99 cent and the dollar store. So that's a great place to start is 
first look at what you have on hand and then let's look at the you know those really nice centers where we can find stuff for a really good price that's awesome i love how incorporating the things that we already probably have a lot of sitting around already uh, i just recently watched a documentary where these uh, plastic water bottles um, are you know as we all know that the science it's so bad for the environment but that it takes 400 years for that water bottle to break down and when it breaks down it, when it breaks down it doesn't even completely like decompose so i love that we're using it to refurbish it to then kind of create more greenery in our own whether it's backyard or in our own community so i think that's a really i love that idea so thanks for sharing that um we'll get to here in a second what would be um what's seasonal and, and obviously when we're thinking of what to plant on, on a budget obviously looking to what is best for, you know, what, what you're going to get the best in return um, is important. So obviously planting what's seasonal, but what would you say are just some general plants that are really good to afford that you'll get a good kind of return on your investment in with a large, uh, a large kind of harvesting of that fruit or vegetable or whatever it may be. Right. And I, I'm a huge proponent of use your space wisely and and get the most return i mean we're we're investing not only our financial resources but our own energy and our own time mm -hmm. so things that i encourage people to look at are our greens leafy greens such as kale chard lettuce these are cut and come again things so when we cut that off they're going to continue to grow and continue to produce for us um different herbs are very long standing. And again, you cut them back and they just come back abundantly. So a lemon balm for tea or mint for tea um, or basil is wonderful for trimming it back and it just keeps getting bushier and more fragrant as we use it. We can also look at things like green beans. Surprisingly enough, you can grow nine green bean plants in one square foot of soil. And the more you pick those beans, the more productive they become. English peas or sugar snap peas are the same way. The more we pick them, the more they're going to produce. Um, okra can do that for you, believe it or not. The more you harvest, the more it's gonna give back. So I usually encourage people to start with something that, that's kind of easy and high, high yield. And so that would be, again, mm -hmm. our leafy greens, our green beans, um, and uh, things like seeing things of that nature. That sounds great. So right now, obviously, in Texas, we're in the middle of July, and it is hot, hot, hot. Um, so can you even have a garden right now in you Texas can. in the summer? You absolutely can. <laughs> We are amazingly blessed in, in our area. And, and of course, I'm kind of down in the, the more southeast region than, than some of our Texas neighbors. But where we are, we have a year-round gardening. You can always be growing something. So um, right now in the garden, we can, we can be harvesting, but also still planting our summer squashes like zucchini and yellow squash, tomatoes, okra, southern peas, which would be things like our black-eyed peas or our black beans. Our melons are being harvested and also still planted at this time. And so it's always amazing. You can still put in sweet potatoes. You can still put pumpkin plants in. And while we're growing those really hot summer uh, friendly foods, we're also <laughs> starting to plan and prepare for fall because just in another month or two, we're going to start really getting things going for our kind of our second spring garden 
our fall gardening in in southeast Texas is sometimes more productive and prolific than mm-hmm. our our March and April gardens. That's so interesting. I love how you mentioned that because obviously Texas is one of the most diverse within the single state is one of the most diverse um, cultural states, but also the most diverse climate state. And so what you, like you said, works for you in Southeast Texas uh, near Houston may be a bit different for someone up in the panhandle. So what would you, and I like how you mentioned though, that, that maybe someone's listening right now and they're like, well, I don't have a garden, but what should I start planting? Um, and I, you, you mentioned some earlier, some plants and some ideas, but if someone were to stay, you know, start a garden from scratch, say they don't have a lot of, you know, space in their backyard, or maybe they even just have a patio, what would you suggest a couple steps to kind of get started? So the very first thing, and, and I know when I introduce people to gardening, um, I say, let's grow a salad box because it's super simple. You can even use a cardboard box and some garden soil and a few seeds and start out with simple things such as your kale, your Swiss chard, your maybe spinaches or lettuces and get that going and give yourself just a little taste of gardening to see how do you feel about it? Do you enjoy it? Is this a task to you or is it something that you really got a good you know, oh, I can do this. I like this. Mm-hmm. And begin with those containers. Or maybe if if you're, you know, you're, it's not really the season for that right now. If you want to do it right this minute, start with some herbs. So something like um, mints or basils or parsley, something that will get you growing will have will be pretty easy to maintain but then you can also you can use those for so many different things and it might kind of just give, build you some confidence and once you get really confident with that first little box of something that you're growing you'll you know want to all right i can get a second box going and put some green beans in there i can make a container and put a tomato in there and so start small always always start small you know, to, to, so that you're not frustrated and you are getting some results out of it. I like that. One thing at a time, master one thing and then move on to the next one. I like that a lot. Um, so we talked a few weeks ago with Carrie um, on just kind of, I guess you could say the supply chain or kind of how food, it's journey from where it's grown to how it ends up on our plate. And for a lot of us, that process involves, um, usually a a crop or some sort of produce that's been grown hundreds or thousands of miles away, then it's shipped here, it goes to the grocery store, and then it, you know, comes to our plate. And that disconnect of us with our food is so, is so big. So I like this idea of having, you know, just maybe starting with your lunch, your lunch came from your backyard. And that's one small thing to kind of be more connected with the food that we eat and knowing where it comes from. Absolutely. And so I guess we, we got, oh, keep going. Yeah, absolutely. The more that we can not only involve ourselves, but if we have um, a senior family member or um, some children in the home, getting them, you know, this is a positive food exposure. It's a happy and healthy memory that we are creating with other members of our family as well. You know, during this, this uh, time of social distancing, my husband and I have been stuck at home together more than we ever have in our whole married life. And um <laughs> gardening and, um, you know, kind of developing an appreciation for something that's been present at the home 
but something he really didn't have a part of. So you just never know what that will mean to the other members of your family when you create this together. Yeah, absolutely. So we mentioned, um, you mentioned your own kind of personal family and how that can, you know, create a unique um, kind of connection um, with each other. And then again, as we said, with the food that we're eating. So what about what we got going on here at BLT? What are some of the programs that um, you think really help exemplify this kind of gardening, um, you know, and growing our own fruits and vegetables in uh, our own backyard or in our own community? How does, how does BLT fit into this picture? So with Better Living for Texans, I know that we, we have a program called Gar, uh, Growing and Nourishing Healthy Communities. And we are taking participants from ground zero, locate where we're going to put garden items. We're talking about soil and irrigation and intensive planting. We're gonna take them from beginning to harvest. During that time, um, I know in my programs, I try to have them start something with me, even if it's a small, you know, salad box that they can grow mm -hmm. indoors or outdoors and go from um, putting the soil in there and finding a light source and watering it to actually getting to harvest something before our time is up and um, helping families to understand that uh, SNAP benefits are Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program benefits do allow for the purchase of soil and seeds and transplants to help you to grow some of your own food to supplement it. And I find that to be just really helpful to get families thinking about different ways that they can get some fresh items on the table, especially right now when um, a lot of our food pantries and even sometimes our stores are, are not as stocked as we'd like them to be, or maybe the fresh food in those food pantry boxes aren't as available. It's a great way to be able to help families look at a different way to add to their plate. That sounds great. I love that. I love that. Well, Michelle, thank you so much. Do you have anything else you'd want to add or any parting thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> well, I just just would encourage people to remember that it doesn't have to be a big thing. It doesn't have to be a huge commitment. It can be a tiny step-by-step -step process. And um, if they're looking for support, I do have a closed Facebook group called Garden to Harvest and Beyond, where myself and my volunteers and my participants from our programs, we go and we share inspiration and encouragement and even garden frustrations because, you know, sometimes plants die or pests happen mm -hmm. and we can talk through it and we can we can support and encourage each other. So, you know, reach out to someone and, and just give it a try. You never know what you might discover about yourself. I love that. And we'll be going ahead in the in the comments or in the uh, about section of this episode. We'll go ahead and link uh, Michelle's uh, Facebook information for BLT in Montgomery County. So be sure to look for that in the uh about section of this episode. And I like that you really mentioned, again, as we are talking about the, like one step at a time, because in all of our other episodes and just, I think BLT in general, whether it comes to starting physical activity or eating healthier, that it's something that it's, it's not, it's not going to happen overnight. And literally with a garden, you can't put a seed in the ground and expect, you know, it's return literally overnight or in a couple of hours. It comes with, you know, dedication, doing one thing at a time, staying with it, not overwhelming yourself, but really kind of small steps that then 
lead you down a path towards um, a healthier lifestyle, including your own garden. So Michelle, thank you so much for coming on and talking with us today. Thank you for having me. It was really wonderful to be invited. Well, that wraps it up for today. If you're interested in learning more about gardening, let us know. Also check out the great work Michelle is doing by following her on Instagram at BLT Montgomery or also on Facebook at facebook.com backslash BLT Montgomery. She posts a lot of great material on gardening, but also BLT related information like physical activity and healthy eating. So thank you so much for listening today. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like and subscribe and we will see you next week. USDA is an equal opportunity provider and employer. This material was funded by the USDA's Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, SNAP.